I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Another crazy story. Just like the others. How am I always involved? I can't explain it. Must be something in the air. Or maybe it's just me. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Friday. This is Is It Me? I'm your host, Michelle. Um, we've got our co-host, Josh Shapiro, in the house. And this week's guests, we have Lawrence Korber and Wasim El Munzer. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Do you guys know anything about this show? There's no wrong answers. Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna invent some, but no. So basically, it's just a show where we spiral and we talk about like what we're spiraling, spiraling about um, each week. So I don't know. Is there anything you guys are spiraling about lately? Well, is spiraling necessarily a negative thing? Um, no, it doesn't have to be negative. Could lead to think. growth. Are there a lot of positive spiralings? You could be spiraling upwards. <laughs> <laughs> It's like an upward spiral. Yeah, it's an upward spiral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, just, I've heard I just, of the downward spiral. I think that but just might be a manic episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm doing great, everyone. I, I just saw something as we were starting the podcast that I definitely want to bring up because yeah. I feel like it's like something maybe in your life. Um, okay. Your sound was too loud on yeah. the thing, but Matt was messing around for like a while, and then you were like, all right, it's too loud, but I'll get used to it. Yeah. In life, do you just like... Oh, yeah. Except yeah. that you're just like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. You, you could have been like, this podcast is where we punch Wasim in the face over and over. And I'd be like, this is the podcast. I agree to it. I should have read the fine print. You know how a lot of shows have like a gimmick now? Like hot ones, you're just like, you're on yeah. fire the whole time. Yeah. Or like cold as balls or whatever. You're just like, Don't. this is the one where you go fucking legally deaf. You're just yeah. like, you're blaring your own voices inside your head. We're just like, oh, cool. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, you're very right. That's like, um, I don't know if it's cult. I, I feel like whenever I don't know, I just blame it on culture. Like, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it be, could be across cultures. Like, this could be a an Arab thing and also a Jewish thing or an Italian thing. Also, you know, where it's just like you go over to somebody's house and you have to be uncomfortable almost. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah you know, sure. like when I would go over as a kid, and this affects me to this day. Like, I can't accept things from people when I go to their homes. Oh yeah, really? If yeah. if you know, when I w- I would go over to like a family friend's house and they would always offer you juice. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would be like, you know. I'm six. Yeah. My friend's mom's like, you want juice? I would say, yeah. And my mom yeah. would like pinch me. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah. Like, you fucking take okay, juice. Yeah. Really? Psychotic, dude. Yeah. You, yeah. Only, yes. you want juice. <laughs> you only say yes if you get asked in, three times. In yes, this economy? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You say no twice. Yeah. No, man, man. When I used to go over it, I had a, a friend who was like very hardcore Italian. I used to go over to his house and no was not on the table. No, no was never. not part of the conversation. We used to say, she used to say, are you hungry? And if I would say no, it meant I was getting something small. And if I said yes, it was a fucking mistake. She used to come down with like food for all of us, like yeah. all the kids, everyone. It used to be like pasta, sandwiches. It used to be like a fucking spread. And I used to come home and my mom would be like, time for dinner. And I'd be like, I'm not hungry. I should be mad because I had eaten a full fucking meal at my friend's yeah. house. It's crazy because like no means no. But- True. Not in every culture. No, 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 no. That culture, when it comes to... That's what I told the judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) When it comes to food in an Italian household, it's not about consent. No, it's literally to the point where they're like, let's say there's like a chicken leg left and they want you to eat it and you're saying no, they'll throw it on your plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't even like... It's yours now. You take it, yeah. 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 And if it's there, you have to eat it because then you're rude if you don't eat it. I always felt weird at the people who are like, leave your shoes on. That was mm, weird yeah. for me because I'm a mm-hmm. I'm, my house was always take your shoes off house. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you go to a house where it's like leave your shoes on. I'm like it's filth. Like what do you know, man? What are you doing? Right. That's so bizarre. Totally agree. That was a lot of Italian houses I went to. They're just like leave your shoes on. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's because they just clean the floors constantly. 
I think it's like has to do with like imposition. I don't know because I had the same experience as you when I would go to someone's house. If if someone asked me if I wanted something, my parents would always be like, "Don't say yes because you're mm. just an imposition." Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everywhere I did, every time I went to a friend's house, my mom would. To this day, my mom's still like, "Is it okay? Like, are you sure you're not imposing?" But then it's the opposite oh, when, yeah, when people come, come over. over yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what my mom's like, yeah. will like chop off her arm yeah, for yeah, yeah. for them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the house is filthy. My mom's been on her hands and knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not a spot anywhere, yeah. you know? There's yeah. 17 dishes. My mom used to clean up before the cleaning lady would come. Oh, yeah. Us too. Yes. Yeah, mom, and it's, it's a shame like, thing. It, yeah, it's not like we mm-hmm. were like had so much money that we had like a, a live-in maid or anything. We had no. one one lady came over for like three hours once a month to just like tidy some shit up or whatever, right? And my mom would fucking go in like deep cleaning mode before this woman got here. Right. And I was like, why? That's defeating the purpose of like the whole thing. Like, what yeah. are you doing? You know? Yeah. And she's like, no, no, Lawrence, it's proper. Like, what? Yeah. what proper? What? What are we doing? You have to save face, right? Oh, okay. You can't actually have a dirty house. Yeah, we gotta look good for the cleaning. (laughs) Oh my god! My mom would do the same. When we'd have a big gathering, she would always have a cleaning lady over, and it would be spotless. And I'm like, "What? If I came to work, burn the money? I don't know what to do. I don't know." (laughs) And she would make her do like, like I don't know, get inside the like windowsill or something weird that my mom wasn't willing to do. Yeah, like the deep clean. Yeah, it was worse. You'd think you'd come in and be like, "Oh, it's gonna be an easy." She's like, "Hell no! You're going in the gutters, lady." Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's like when you go to someone's house. Anything else, so they have no option but to do the yeah, gutters. They, they can only do the gutters. <laughs> but this, what do I have to do? Well, if you actually look up a bit, you see <laughs> yeah, yeah. The these ceiling. gutters are filthy. If you spiral upwards, yep. and there you, you go. Can re, if you can retile the roof while <laughs> you're you up just, there, you got a Filipino woman on your roof. <laughs> oh my God. Um, are, are you Irish like all the way through? Are I'm, you Irish I'm at all? Zero percent. Oh, Irish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> but I get that a lot. You are wearing green, Lord. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's green. very confusing. Which is, you know, it's not to accentuate my eyes. It's just my Irish pride. <laughs> no. uh, okay, sorry. What 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 nationality? I am I am a, a mutt from different Eastern European countries. Okay. So it's it's the, just the the places my grandparents' parents fled from. So it's like nice. Russia, Romania, Lithuania, Latvia, these kind of sad Eastern Bloc countries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's kind of my. Yeah, basically everywhere that eats potatoes as a main dish. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, see, I, Irish, you could be Irish. I right? could be Irish, yeah. <laughs> potatoes, I, I, same I, I've been getting that for the majority of my life because I have dark hair and blue eyes. I keep getting mm. Greek and Irish. Okay. So yeah. Like on repeat. And I Italian every so often, but mostly it was Irish. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I have an Irish look. Is that... I don't know. I just now that you say it a little, I cackled because I, I know you're so Jewish, well, but I, I know you're, you're also maybe not, half Irish. I don't know any Irish Jews. I don't know any Irish Jews either. Actually, now that yeah. I just said it, now I think St. Patrick it. played the flute and they yeah. like, <laughs> and a couple a couple misguided Jews are like, Wait, "Is this the desert? Is this the desert? Do you need us here? Yeah. <laughs> um, are you are you a full Jew? Um, like both sides? Technically, but no. Okay. So my parents are both Jewish, but but my mother's mother converted. Okay. So depending on how religious you are, right. the reformed mm. Jews, which we are, which is the most liberal sect of Judaism, are like, yeah, come on, hang out. But the very religious Jews are like, absolutely not. Okay. There's right. rules, so depends who you ask, really. I consider myself Jewish, probably more traditionally and cultural than religious, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. And now apparently Irish, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually do the Irishman of the Year breakfast, and I know you did yes, it too, yeah, yeah. which was so fun. I was supposed to do it in 2020, but pandemic problems, yeah, and that never happened. So what ended up happening is I ended up doing it two or three years later in September when it's supposed to be in March. So we were there like 27, 30 months after the fact, yeah. and they have this, this grand dais of, of these affluent mm-hmm. Montrealers. They have the guy who does the, the announcing for the, the Montreal Canadiens, Michelle Lacroix, mm-hmm. who I was like geeking out over. I'm sitting next to the mayor and the Irish ambassador to Canada and all these great fucking people. And then the program, they never reprinted it. They just had the same one from 2020. Okay. But the guy who they were honoring had, in the three years, grown a pandemic beard. Okay. So the guy was sitting on the dais and he just had this gigantic white beard and they had this pamphlet of him clean shaven with this big smile. And I was like, guys, this room full of like all these affluent Irish uh, Montrealers. I said, I'll, I'll know in my heart that the Irish and the Jews are always going to be good friends because you guys couldn't spring for a new yeah. 
<laughs> new picture. So thank you guys so new much picture. for having me. Yeah. yeah. The Irish community in Montreal is really like intense and they do the big Irish of the year. And then they do also, they like audition like princesses. You can yes. win like princess and, queens, which and then we know of. We travel know. all around. Yeah. My friend did it. Yeah. yeah it's they, pretty crazy. The Irish love nothing more than celebrating their Irishness. Yeah. Montreal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Irish uh, ambassador, it was nine in the morning and everyone was fucking drinking. Yeah. And they offered him a drink. They're like, do you want an Irish coffee? And he's like, no, it's nine in the fucking morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, maybe at night after, but why now? They're like, it's nine in the morning. Yeah. Because <laughs> being Irish in Canada is just drinking all day. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's, That's really one thing from the culture they yeah, brought back. They were like, we're perpetuating yeah. weird stereotypes that he's yeah. taken back to Ireland. It's like, the Canadians don't know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. shit. Sorry, man. Yeah. So funny. When I did it, uh, it was like right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it was... I was like kind of an opener, and then Joey Elias is like he's generally a headliner. He right? closes every year. Yeah. Is he and Irish? I, nope. <laughs> he's as well, Irish as Lawrence. Is. You know, just those, there's two, those two Irish-looking Jews on the dais just messing up the <laughs> messing it up for everybody. This is a thing now, Michelle. Every <laughs> did you think Josh was half Irish, half Italian? Or? <laughs> Everyone's Irish to me. Yeah. Both good senses of humor. Huh? Yeah, the Irish yes. and the Jews. Very, yeah, yep, you know? totally. Um, both were not considered white when they moved to North America yes. from Europe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, both persecuted in their yeah. own right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They get along though. Like, uh, like, do they? Sure. No? I don't, I've never had any problems with the Irish. So from Yet. personal experience, I mean, but right. I don't yeah. know. We'll see how this, we'll see yeah. how this yeah. podcast lands. Yeah. Actually, Jewish Jewish mobs and Irish mobs have never had a war. Oh. Fact. That's interesting. interesting. I made that up. Okay, that's perfect. I was about to ask, like, how did you know that? But I'm happy that you're just like... I'm sure. a mafia enthusiast over here. I don't think you're like, wow, that's... war that's happened in the 20th and 21st century. I just Not you Jew for Irish interactions at all. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so what happened the year you did it? It was like me, opener, and then it was like another speaker. I think he was a former Alouettes player or something. Yeah, they let all the athletes speak. Yes, yeah. And then it was Joey right after the, the guy. And me and Joey are sitting next to each other. And Joey keeps whispering jokes in my... And we're both facing the audience. We're on a... Is it a dais? Is yeah, that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone's dressed nice, huge room. And he keeps, like, whispering and, like, making fun of everybody. And I'm like... like I'm, I, I couldn't, like, breathe. And then he's like... Then the guy's giving this speech. He, like, was an addict and he was going to kill himself. And he, like, brought his life back. Oh, no. And at one point, Joey just goes to whisper as he's like <laughs> doing all this. And I was like, don't. Because like, uh, I was like, my eye is, because you're holding in laughter so much, like your eye starts going. Yeah. You start like shaking. And I'm your, like, your if shoulders I just, are giving you away. You're like, no, I'm like, if he's giving, imagine this guy's like heartfelt speech of how he turned his life around. And I just start burst out laughing. Forget it. Yeah. But no, that's Irish like, car bomb waiting like, for yeah, me. It's so nerve-wracking when someone's trying to talk to you like during something like that, being on yeah. stage with everyone looking at you. It's horrible. But he still remembers this. He still tells me this story. Like he, he, like, he started to come out. I was like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I became serious. He's like, you know, I look up to Joey. Like he's a dude yeah. who, if he's going to tell me a joke, I'm going to go along sure. with it. But there was sure. one time where like, don't you fucking dare. Amazing. <laughs> and then he had to follow this dude and he, he did great though. But. It was uh, it was a really fun time. They treat you really really nice. Oh yeah yeah, yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a fun time. It's unbelievable. You're in this fucking conference room and they have this giant breakfast. You there with celebrities and shit. It's fucking. It's a cool moment. Eh? Yeah, it it's interesting. I've never gotten the opportunity to do it, and I'm Irish. Well, <laughs> are you? Okay, I guess no, I, have to I thought be you were Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half Irish. So are you are you full Jewish or are you just a little bit Jewish or what percentage? <laughs> Where are you uh, bar mitzvah? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we do like this question on the show sometimes um, that where I ask you if you're more anxiety or more depression. That's Ooh. like, yeah. So, I mean, typically they come together and I'm sure you both suffer from both. Otherwise you wouldn't be in this profession. But um, which one do you <laughs> lean more towards? I would say anxiety. Anxiety. I would say anxiety for me anyway, because I feel like I have certain triggers for anxiety, like crowds, shopping malls. Lions, you know, which is great when you want to take pictures with Santa. Like, it's really fun. It's just all of them. It's fucking, all three yeah, it's just the Venn diagram just fucking hitting each other. I went to a Lumi yesterday. Oh, God. A, a Lumi, in Laval. Uh, yeah, because a Lumi's closing in a couple of days. I don't know what a Lumi is. A Lumi is that huge installation in Laval with all the fucking light nonsense. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So my wife is like, babe, it's closing in a couple of days. We should take the kid. We should go. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to at least experience it 
before it closes. It seems like a fun thing. So we're going through it, and it is just an assault on all the things that make me anxious, right? It's bright and loud and crowds and lines and cold and walking, and it's just like yeah. the drum kit of like, fuck everything. Like all, you know what I mean? It just sucks. And then as we get there, we see that there are cars driving through. I'm like, babe, we could have yeah. driven this. Yeah. Babe, we could have driven this. She goes, ah, oh, but you're not. My wife turns Canadian. No, you're not, but you're not. Irish accent. Our kid, our kid in the back, he wouldn't have seen everything. So. Your wife is Derek Sergey. <laughs> but listen, hey, God, it. So, you know, my wife was just like, I was like, we could have driven this. We could have driven this. I was so fucking mad. And she's like, well, Wes wouldn't have seen anything. And I was like, we could have taken him out of the car seat and he would have sat on your lap for an hour when we're going five kilometers an hour. Yeah. And it would have been great. So I just like, I was outside in the cold, not feeling my hands, getting bumped into by children and the elderly, just fucking raging. So for me, it's definitely anxiety. Absolutely anxiety. Anxiety like brings the fucking the self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People talk about comedy. They're like, how can you stand in front of hundreds of people to tell jokes? That's easier than a dinner with six people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's easier than having a conversation or flirting at the bar or doing any of that kind of shit. I would rather be on stage for hours instead of having like a fucking... How many how many siblings do you oh. how many yeah you know like for me that's a hundred percent anxiety I would have to say okay and you was he I'm gonna I'm gonna say depression just to be different but no I think a little bit more there's definitely both and I can attest sure. to like going to parties in my early twenties like straight panic yeah. yeah yeah like I would hide I'd hide I used to have a bit about it like I would just go to a party and I didn't know. I just was like, I don't know how to, every time, I felt like everyone I talked to was like, why are you talking to me? You know, like, <laughs> I could never be like, I would hide in the bath. I've, I've been to parties where I'm like, I just going to go in the bathroom for a bit. And then I'm like, I guess I could go now. Yeah. You know? It's been 45 minutes. What's he doing in there? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm you're drugs, man. I'm on drugs. Shit. Now they're going to think I'm shitting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that's more anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. But more depression. I'd say depression. Yeah, yes. Did you ever, did you ever, I don't remember. I know you've, you had the occasional cigarette, but did you ever like fully smoke? Yeah. Okay, because fully smoking is a beautiful. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry, I have to leave this situation. It's I have a nicotine oh, addiction. Oh, I'm sorry. It was half the reason. It was so my, the, my tweet. I don't tweet. I haven't tweeted in years. But my tweet with the most likes ever was something like, I don't know, like ninety percent of the reason I smoke is to like leave any place. Yeah. I can go at any time and just stand outside. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Totally. In a, like a quiet, totally. yeah. semi secluded, and someone comes up to you, it's probably another smoker, and you can just talk yeah. about something small. You can have a smaller conversation without the fucking. Yeah. What kind anxiety? of smokes you got? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't smoke cigarettes, but like when bartending, like going to smoke a cigarette is like the move to get away from For people you don't sure. want to deal with. I just go stand outside and stare off into the distance. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and if like someone was like talking to me, and I'm like, I'll be right back, and they just see me, just go stand outside, and well, stare off. When you work service, like that's kind of the only way to get a break is For to sure. take a smoke. Yeah. Right. Like so, exactly. I know so many people that started smoking just because they needed a break from their like yeah, ten right. hour shift, and they're like, this is the only way that yeah. I can get outside. I used to do the same thing. I would just tell my manager I'm taking a smoke break, but I don't smoke. I just stand and outside. That's, yeah. that's what people, outside who I, people I worked with and they're like, it's unfair. The smokers get to go outside and smoke. I'm like, go outside and do something for five, 10 minutes. Bro. You think we give a shit? You think yeah. everyone trying to fucking stop you? I saw that in Japan, if you're not a smoker, they give you like a certain amount of extra days off. Yeah. The that's year. cool. Like, that's Why nice. not? That's smart. Why not? Take it. <laughs> yeah. I like that at a party you can go and smoke because I don't smoke cigarettes, but I'll go smoke weed. And it's nice to like, get outside and then it breaks up the like the party yes so you and, and then also i feel like i missed out on smokers culture like even the outside hang sometimes is better i've had i've i've i find generated and created and curated friendships that have lasted me a really long time that i have started because it's like i need a light i need a cigarette you need a cigarette you need a light legitimately like mm-hmm. i've had people especially when you're in school like dawson you go outside and you smoke and you just bump into someone and you see Hey, we always have a cigarette at the same time on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm in between the same class. What's your fucking name? You want to get something to eat? Da, 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 da. Yeah. It just happens that way, right? And especially like with the comics, like us fucking talking shit and commiserating after a set, like going outside and lighting a cigarette is like a great way to like so nice. take a second, evaluate God. what went well, what went wrong, what do I have to do? Hey, do you see my set? You have a note? What's happening? You know, it's just a good opportunity to kind of step out and just kind of fucking For sure. get away from the room where it's a fucking a pressure cooker of everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, because you're getting out of the room physically, but it's also like kind of metaphorical as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, and yeah. the energy Love changes immediately as soon as you step outside. Right? Oh my God, yeah. It's you ever, you, ever, you ever fucking have a really good set and you feel like you're a million bucks and then you just walk out onto the street and you just feel the energy change? Yeah. You just feel you're like, oh, I'm in a different state now. Yeah. 
I'm from a different. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, look, like, I go. Like, I'm better than all of you. Yeah, like, <laughs> fucking, go, did you guys? Did you guys yeah, crush yeah. in front of seven you people? Did you, never, you? Fucking nerds. You huh? could never do McLean's <laughs> like I just did McLean's. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let me see you get on stage with grumpies, you fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see it. <laughs> this is making me want a cigarette so bad. Oh, buddy. did you quit? You want a zin? Yeah, I've, I've been in What's and out zin? for. It's nicotine pouches. It's just nicotine salt. There's no tobacco. Apparently. No, it's also called it African lip. sugar. Want some? You, you put it in your lip? Yeah. Put it in your upper Am I going to talk weird? No. Are we I, all have, I have one in right up? now. You zin in? Yeah, uh, you pop it up there, upper lip. I put it a little bit to the side. Leave it dry. You don't want to get too much saliva or else it's going to just like then coat your mouth. Does it taste? That's uh, beer mint. One? I put it up here? Yeah. I just yomp it or what? Yeah, yomp it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we go off the rails. Um, this is going to be And then I just got to say, like, if you start to feel lightheaded, like maybe now, like now that I have it then. in my mouth. No, 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 like, no, no, no. If you feel it, you can, you can, you can keep weird? it in for an hour, but you don't need to. So if you guys start to feel Does something, you can just take it out. No, keep it up there. You have to take it out. Um, I got an empty cup here. You guys can put it in the empty cup. This is bizarre. This is weird. Don't it's I? Like a, doesn't it look like I got punched in the face? Or no? You don't. No, no you look good. Nobody can no, see anything. No, and I uh, just want to let you guys know now, um, the podcast is officially sponsored by Zinn. Thank you for watching. Uh, from the creators of the I'm you tapping are, out early. You yeah, are doing a yeah. lot of you are doing a lot of promo though. They should really Oh yeah. They Maybe should really you know, I just want to get the packages in. That's uh, all I want. Yeah. You're really working on it. It feels like I'm at the uh, oh, yeah. at the oh, dentist. Oh, not the green sweater. This is on, on my mouth is on fire. My lip is Oh, I love the burn. Yeah, it's a weird really? just I love the burn. You gotta do this before you oh, hand them out. Oh, I'm sorry. That's fair. You gotta but talk about the burn so and the light feel. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, leave yeah, it exactly. in. Have you ever tried the Have you ever tried the gum or the patch? Uh, I don't like the gum um, and patch. I don't even smoke. I've never smoked. This. I've smoked like maybe like twenty cigarettes have... in my life. Um, nicotine opens like certain neural pathways in your brain, and I felt like I was missing out. And then this is like the perfect option. What neural pathways does it open? <laughs> I don't fucking know. They said it, and I'm going. Who's okay, they? let's Who's go. They? What is this vague uh, nonsense? Bah, listen, it's funny because you consume um, so much nicotine, but you don't smoke. I, really, I don't consume. I well, you vaped maybe, before, maybe like two zins a day, and like I'll take zero some some days. But there's you six vape? milligrams of nicotine in there, and there's 15 milligrams of nicotine in one cigarette. And I don't vape at all. Oh, really? It is like no. a stimulant, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, dude, before going on stage or like. He's in it? <gasps> yeah. Because it's in? It's nice. What does it do to you that makes um, you better on stage? It opens the neural pathways <laughs> yeah. for the information <laughs> to <laughs> flow, obviously. It's like a low key, like, uh, like a little, little ADHD pill, kind of. Like a little okay. tiny, a little, right. little, mm. right, 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 a little like, like a bump mm. of an ADHD. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, feel like my lips gonna fall off. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I feel right After now. like thirty seconds, I was like, I don't like this. But I'm committing. I'm committing. I, I, mean, I like let's it. see how you do, brother. I uh, does it have to go here? Can I go like back here? Can yeah, I can go back there. You can oh go god. Wherever you want. There's just something about <laughs> leaving it in your mouth for a long time, which I feel is like makes it weird. The gum is strange. Because the gum comes with instructions, which I did not read. So I'm just chewing it like it's regular gun. And yeah. then I started having these fucking heart palpitations. Yeah. Shit. I thought I was having a fucking heart attack. And I went online and I started reading about it. And it goes, yeah, you're supposed to like chew it for 30 seconds and stop. So it like will gradually release the nicotine. Right. If you chew it like yeah. regular gum, it's like, here's a pack of cigarettes at once. Yeah. And it just fucking yeah. well, creams you. With I, I found it hurt my stomach when I did that. Yeah. And it's like, it's brutal. You just want to throw up and it's like, it's sickening. It's just not Ugh. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> and are any of these side effects present with cigarettes or no? I love smoking so much. I just love, I just enjoy smoking. I love the it's act of like smoking. It's just like a cool factor too. I don't feel particularly cool. I never felt particularly cool when I'm like, oh, I'm lighting a cigarette. It's just like, I like it. It's something like a, I'm very habit- Ritualistic, yeah. almost. I just enjoy it. I, I used to love it while I drive. It, yeah, it's Driving. like a, it's oh, very it's, easy to be oh, like a process yeah. addiction. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like coffee, cigarette, or like drive cigarette. Absolutely, yeah. it's yeah. the ritual. It's yeah. not the, the nicotine for sure because this isn't doing shit for me. Nah. <laughs> and I've tried the gum. There's no way I'd be like, oh, zin, like in my car. I love a zin in the car. Like there's a little zin in the car. Just put it in my lip and then fucking. For me, mainly I love bartending. Bartending, because like I, I drink a lot when I bartend, because that's just the kind of bar it is. Yeah. Um. So Papa's in and halfway through the shift. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Does it yeah, sober yeah. you out? Like, no. Cuts the edge. No. Just cuts the edge a little bit, but not really. So, like more, just like <clears throat> makes me a little bit. Uh, it also helps me think before I speak. Right. I need that when I drink. And racial slurs have gone down 24% <laughs> when using Zin. All those neural pathways are just open. 
<laughs> the off ramp for racial slurs has been closed yeah, yeah. for construction. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible <laughs> things it is doing. Yeah. Thank well, you, well. thank you, Zin. Yeah. So, Zin. How, so how do you cope with your anxiety and/or depression other than taking Zin? <laughs> like, what's like a go-to? Do you for me? Yeah, for either of you, whichever I one wants to go first. I haven't learned how to. If you have tips, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. There's like nothing you can do to like. Like, or like, do you experience anxiety before you go on stage? No. Not I, anymore. I, I, I experience anxiety while I'm going to a show. Yes. Agreed. On my way to the show, I am, it's when I feel nerves. The bigger the show, the more nerves. Uh, but then once I'm in the room, somehow it just doesn't fire. It goes I don't away. Know, it goes away. Like once I see the stage, I'm big on, when you're talking about dealing with anxiety, something I picked up through playing sports when I was younger is a lot of visualization. Yeah. So if, I, if I've been to a room before, the anxiety drops a lot because I can visualize what it's going to look like. The crowd is just kind of a blob, so I don't need to – but I, who's going to be on the show? I know Michelle's going to be in the green room. I know Wasim's going to be in the green room. I know Josh's going to be in the green room. So I'm, I'm seeing who's going to be there, where I'm going to be, where I'm going to sit, one of these four places. Where am I going to be on stage? I know. I can tell, right? Mm. So the visualization is a big help when you're right. looking for it. And like, once I'm in the room, I'm, like, pretty fine. Okay. So I don't get nerves of, like, I'm about to walk on stage. I'm nervous, which I find is, like – Pretty manageable. It's like the drive there where I'm like, what if I don't do well? Everyone hates me. Like that kind of mm-hmm, shit, right? Mm-hmm. So the same thing That's for like- That's a good tactic. Non- I've never visualized who will be at the show. I've never oh. done that. <laughs> no, but when you see a lineup, right? So you know like- you Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you book shows, so you know. Yeah. You have a list of people and you go, okay, so it's going to be, this person's going to be there, that person's going to be there. So there's going to be four or five of us around each other in the room. I know this is going to be happening. So when I'm in like, you know, I know going to a Lumi yesterday was going to be stressful and long, but I'm imagining it. Oh, I know my son's going to have fun. I know my wife's really going to I know it's going to be fun. I know it's, we're going to have all these great pictures. I know I'm going to see the, everything after. I know this and this and this. So I'm thinking about what it's going to be. And then even though there are parts that are uncomfortable because I'm getting fucking, I'm getting fucking kicked in the heels by some toddler who their parents not paying attention. Yeah. And then some old person is yelling into the side of my ear. And then, you know, it's fucking cold and I can't feel my fingers. These are all things that I've thought about already. Right. So even if I think about a scenario that's bad or I'm anxious about something being the worst, I can kind of get ahead of it in terms of the way I process. Mm. That's really positive. That's like a really great tip, I tr- actually. I try. <laughs> what about you? It's a good tool. You don't do anything Fo- to help your depression. Well, you, you I exercise. Walk, I exercise. Yeah, you but walk. I wouldn't say it's not. It's not like, oh man, I'm depressed, and then I run, and I'm like, Joe Rogan. I don't. I've never. Like, <laughs> no, it doesn't cure it. No, it just I helps feel a it, little right? bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I went to the gym before this, not because I was feeling depressed, because it was it was leg day. <laughs> you know? he never skips leg day. I wanted to look jacked for the podcast. Yeah. Well, your huge, your huge ass fucking yeah, start tearing I panels broke off the, of the, wall. the sound foam with my glutes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's I'm not depressed anymore because of that's that. What I, oh yeah, you know? that juicy ass that's <laughs> literally yeah. tearing the house down. I've I've done meditation. Also, okay. I never really felt like anything helped that much. To be just being very honest, yeah. But I do the things fair. because people say they help, and maybe on some level they do. Those are the only two things. When you do meditation, do you just kind of do like the? the do you have like a guided meditation, or do you yeah. have like a kind of like? Mm, okay, I do. Uh, I've tried many different kinds. Mm-hmm. The thing that helps me a lot is like this. It's like a. It's more of a breathing exercise. You just okay. follow someone else's. Uh, like they're like breathe in this way and then do that and then hold your breath and then do this. That actually really makes me feel, if I have or ever have like a bout of anxiety, I did, I've actually done it at a party where I was feeling anxious. I went in the bathroom, did the breathing, and I felt better. That's cool. Like nice. much better. And I'll do it before a big show sometimes. <laughs> if I'm, sometimes right before going on stage, I'll randomly get like crazy anxious. Yeah, I get that. I and then to, I do that breathing. You might have heard me at the nest. I go in the back and I'm like, yeah, like right before, oh, yeah, yeah. before <laughs> What do you think you would do if you're at the party? You're doing the breathing in the bathroom. Someone opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> Full blown panic attack. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. I would spiral up through <laughs> the fence. <laughs> That's the upworld spiral. I've heard so much about an escape. <laughs> there was there was. I was trying to get a picture of you before you recorded because you and I you did a oh my god a special. I was so nervous and you had your it, like you know the the Johnny Cash shot with his hand against the wall <laughs> and the. Dude, Cox, like yeah, yeah. walk hard. They had a moment like that where I, I opened the little <clears throat> curtain in the third floor and you had both your hands up and you were doing this breathing. But it was, and there was like a light on your back and you just looked good. And I was like fumbling around to get my phone and then you moved. I'm like, son of a bitch, fuck me. I was like so close to it. I was like, ah, that would have been great just to fucking send it. But I guess yeah. I, I do notice when I get like very leading up to the, the album taping, I was, I started smoking again. And I smoked yeah. like cra- I smoked like a pack of cigarettes that night in full panic mode. Yeah. And I quit right after, but. Uh, I, yeah, I think cigarettes for me were like, it's ritualistic, but it was an anxiety thing. 
Yeah. I, it, I associated with comedy so much. Yeah. When I started comedy, I was like, uh, I was smoking, like all, like always had a pack kind of thing. And that ritual, that's why it was hard to quit because for me it was completely associated with doing comedy. And it was part of yeah. the reason I liked comedy. I'm like, yeah. I get to smoke cigarettes with funny people. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Thank God it wasn't coke. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Well, how yeah. many comics have we seen come through and just, you know, yeah, absolutely destroy themselves? Yeah. But, but, but some, everyone has their thing too. Like some people it's booze, it's drugs, it's fucking cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Bro, like, Grumpy's on a Tuesday night gets dark. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Uh, it's yeah. part of the, you know, and it's like Michelle and I had this conversation uh, in the green room a couple uh, weeks ago, maybe, yeah. about some people that you see will leave the scene and yeah. you lose them in comedy sense to their own healing. You lose them yeah. to the choices in their life. Mm -hmm. you, you were there too. That was, yeah. So you lose the people in the sense of like how many comics, you know, we've been doing it roughly the same amount of time, nine, mm -hmm. ten years. Mm -hmm. we, how many people have you seen leave the scene because they're, they've prioritized their own health and their own healing? Mm -hmm. And it, it, there's a bittersweetness. And be like, oh, I'd love to see that person perform. That sucks. But also at the same time, they're making the best choices for themselves. For so themselves, I'm, you know, fucking, yeah. that's yeah. amazing for them, right? So yeah. there's always that thing. Like I remember when I started, I, I would try and go drink for drinks with a couple comics who were like way better at drinking than I was. And I was like, I can't keep. I'm gonna fucking die. Yeah. If I keep this up. Yeah. So you can't. You have to really figure out your own boundaries and your own set of like rules and how to have a good night and how to have a productive night without ruining your fucking reputation career life you know what i mean yeah, do you guys get shame overs when you drink like the next day just like anxiety or like anxiety is what crazy anxiety after yeah. i drink i can't sleep oh. that's why i've cut down a lot i yeah. do like drink it's something that i'm like i'm trying to just have a healthy relationship with for, for which me means almost never doing it yeah yeah same and uh it's a big reason is like oh when i do drink now i sleep like three hours and i wake up panic at like 4 a.m. and I'm like oh, oh god oh god and I then, I, then I go walk and like yeah. as soon as I hit 30 the ability to drink almost evaporated from my body yes yeah like, I'm feeling that like well I'm 29 but I felt that 28 changed yeah. like totally changed I would rather it's smoke. like not fun anymore no that's it I would rather smoke because like if I get high you're like oh I get high and then as like you come down and you're like oh, I'm good right yeah if I like go out and I'm like I'm drinking drinking it takes me like three business days yeah. to recover, and I'm yeah. like, you know what I mean? You have to fucking like plan out. You're like, oh, hey, I was supposed to work out, but I keep, my body feels like shit. You the know next day is a complete write off. Yeah, it's awful. Nothing is happening. Awful. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I find it changed also how I got drunk. I mean, I stopped drinking. Mm. Like, I stopped kind of getting drunk because I got to a place where I was so, at the time, I was so depressed that I would drink that I would just cry. And it was like, like I couldn't stop it. So right. it's like, it's not fun when you're just like at a party crying. Like, yeah. no, and also nobody wants to see that. Like, nobody wants to see a drunk girl crying. <laughs> like, go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You go to the bathroom, <laughs> do your breathing exercises. Yeah, yeah. But it was getting so bad that I was like, okay, well, drinking isn't even fun anymore. But right. I find even now, like the last few weeks when I'm in town in Montreal, I'll drink was... I'll drink, you know, also the holidays yeah. and I don't get drunk the same way. Mm -hmm. Like I almost don't get drunk at all. Drinking at London pub. Yeah. It's there's something in the wood. What does that mean? There's some, I don't know what it is about that. I was never like that place is the one place that I drink. Like mm -hmm. I don't drink like that anywhere else. Um, there's just because you're a bartender little, and it's way cheaper yeah, for you to drink. It's not even just that. It's really just the, like the, the, Superpowers I get in that place when a, <laughs> when I'm a customer as well. It's there's and I there's something about that bar. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like you have good memories there. I guess, but I know it's other people too. Like everybody, sure. everybody who comes in there, it's like there's like there's a ghost in the building. So maybe the ghost is just like an alcoholic. Yeah, it's much like, There's a ghost in every oh, fucking oh, yeah, building, yeah, yeah. even the new buildings. Like, yeah, they have yeah. old yeah. French yeah. ghosts. Yeah. They're like, I was a fur trailer. You're like, oh, relax, <laughs> come on. Yeah, and that guy was an alcoholic. For yeah. sure. I think with London, it kind of just feels like a neighborhood bar. Like, yeah. I think at one point I was like, this is the set of How I Met Your Mother. Like, you're in the booth and you're like, this is How I Met Your Mother. Like, this is the bar that people in their 30s go to. Like, yeah. it just, and it's also like there's a built in culture as well. Like, you have a lot of regulars, like, a lot of the same people come through. And most of the people who drink there are service industry. So, 
most of the people can. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all, and that's also a, a, I think a defining factor because it's people who understand the business and are going to be respectful of your space because they know what yeah. that space means well, to yeah. the staff, right? Where it's like drunk fucking college students are going to show up and get fucking hammered and fuck around, right? But like service industry people are going to show up and be like, hey, you know, let's be respectful because we understand it's your place of work. Exactly. You it's know, almost like I bartend one night a week, Wednesday nights, specifically chose Wednesday nights because it's that night. Staff night. I would never work a Friday, Saturday. You get the random tourists, yeah. you get horrible people. It's just the worst. Yeah, Wednesday nights are the night. Yeah. The night. Um, okay, well, in, in like thematic with the show, um, is there something that you do that you think you're the only one who does it or, or something really weird that you do that you're like, oh, man. Am I the only one? I probably should have told you guys to prepare something, oh, but I didn't. Shit. Right. Hmm. There's so many things for sure, but I am blanking right now because the Zin has got me. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no, it Good me. or bad? It's a little bit of both. I got okay, be honest. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. I, know, I, I, I put it in my mouth. Don't worry. Um... <laughs> But he, I, you know, he fucking hid a lot of shit before. We yeah, put it yeah. in our mouths, and he's like, "If you feel lightheaded, and you're starting okay, to, yeah. I, think, I didn't think I if needed you to start, explain yeah. nicotine to thirty-year-old men." <laughs> I think I know. I think if you're shilling out things that we've never, it's, you know, it's like drugs. You got to be like, "Hey, this is what's gonna happen to you." That's I think fair. You I mean, if it was if there was acid in there, I would have given more of a breakdown. Are your hands supposed to go numb? Is that? Normal? <laughs> I gotta see my hands are a little. Yeah. Yeah. I can see feelings. Like, is that? Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things. It's a little good, a little. Uh, a that's kind of how weed is for me. Now. I can't really smoke weed anymore. Yeah. That was a, that's a crazy anxiety inducer for me. Oh, okay. oh wow! Around thirty, it was Didn't like. Did you say that? that forget I gave about you it. like some. I gave you some rosin, and you smoked it, and it just ruined. That you. was insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gave me like I drove him home one night, and he was like, "Hey, take this." And I was smoking hash at the time. Yes, that's why I gave it to you. <laughs> but. I find like I would put I would you know smoke uh, I was smoking cigarettes at the time too and I would get rolling tobacco I'd put right. like a little bit of hash it was very much like it was very mild and this was just like goop you know just like <laughs> like the soul of a THC plant like I was smoking like like Chami Chong's like like and liver like, I don't know in a joint like you rolled it in a joint I think I did it like or hash like I put oh, it with a, tobacco oh, okay gotcha. And it was, yeah, it was like instant, like terror, panic. It's all, uh, it's all good. I still have it because I never touched it. It's still in my drawer. <laughs> Tommy Chong, by the way, the worst live show I've ever seen in my life, Cheech and Chong. Oh, yeah. Awful. Oh, for sure. I, I saw Cheech imagine. and Chong like a couple years ago. Plaza des Arts. It was mm-hmm. like a Monday night. And there was like 200 people there. So fucking bad. Literally just like them old, like doing How old sp- are they now? Their 70s? Yeah. Were they doing like the old bits? They're doing the, some of their old bits and then it was all sketch and all of it was bad. It was all weird. Mm. The fucking tone was weird. Every joke was like a weird rape joke. It was like fucking bizarre. It's like a lot 70 of 70-year-old men fighting off the dementia. Yeah, it was right, oh, right. They're like, we can make and some money, I guess. Tommy, Tommy Chong's uh, girlfriend did stand-up like to open this the night and she just did like five minutes of like, weed is good, but it's like, Stuff you'd hear at an open mic. You're like, isn't food better when you're smoking weed? Yeah. Oh god. Isn't sex fun when you're smoking weed? And it's just like I was like, why are we here? Like it was unbelievable. Oh, no. And I also had a an edible in the form of a lollipop. And I got fucking just too high and I threw up. I was fucking <laughs> oh, wrecked. Shit. Just like the worst night. It was absolutely awful. That sounds bad. Yeah. But I think long term weed use, there's like a lot of studies about like it. Yeah, like it also changing your brain. Yeah. Like no, long term. Sure. Like and making you more anxious too yeah. as well. If it made me feel good, I'd still be smoking weed. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was mm-hmm. a time. But I now looking back through life, I realize like I got that anxiety from it so young. I started smoking very, very young. Okay. Like first time I tried it, I was like grade seven or something. Kind oh, of thing. I wasn't like a stoner back then, but like by the end of high school, it was like becoming pretty a pretty often thing. And I now I look back like when I was in CJ, I smoked tons of weed mm-hmm. and I was like I was a I would like retreat within myself and become yeah. this I was like a weirdo you know and now I look back I'm like oh I was just like paranoid and anxious all the time because yeah. I was always high yeah but then what did weed bring to you at that time like was it like a numbing thing or was it just like or you associated it maybe with like did it manage your anxiety at first or was it like it was just fun the people and then you were hanging worse. out with while smoking weed it was like fun could be like, yeah that's fun it was too. a good crew like, yeah. I started smoking weed because the girl that I liked mm-hmm. smoked weed and I didn't and I felt like it was like I was a loser so I was like I gotta start mm-hmm. just gonna bang a guy who's high fuck I got <laughs> and then I actually swear the first weekend that I really smoked I smoked weed I remember it was April 12th like 2013 that's really when I started how do you know this day because <laughs> it was 420 the next weekend 
Okay. Ah, so then it was, ah. you know, so then the 19th, the 20th, the 21st, I smoked so much weed. I had no tolerance. And then I went to school on the Monday. And it was the first time in my life that I sat in class and like paid attention. And I was like, oh shit, maybe there's something here. So I just like started mm. smoking weed at night and being like, it's going to make me pay. And it worked. My grades went up. I was on the honor roll. That's amazing. And, and then I told my doctor and I was like, it's great. And my doctor's like, you got to get on ADHD pills. I got on the ADHD pills. Super high dose they gave me, and it destroyed me. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I couldn't eat. I would get home. I would curl up into a ball, just so depressed, like, hated it's myself. Weird. I've always been a person who, like, that was the other time in my life. My Like, I, I stopped, like, jerking off, you know? I've, I've actually always heard been, like, this. a big jerk offer. Sure. I'm a who, who is it? Wait, wait, wait. Did you say I'm a big jerk offer? Is yeah, that what you just I'm said? I'm a jerk offer. I'm a big, I've been known in the community yeah, yeah. as a big jerk offer. I'm a, I'm a giant one. <laughs> um, jerk off a lot. And just, it just, it, I, it, wasn't, kills, I it kills you, right? Yeah. We talked about the other day. I had a friend who, he was saying he was on like 72 milligrams when he was like, like 15 years old. Yeah, that's the same. Exactly. And oh, then like, 16. yeah. And then like it ruins your dick apparently. Yeah. Um, a lot of medication ruins your dick. Antidepressants ruins your dick. Which ones? Uh, antidepressants. Oh, yeah. Anti de de depends which ones you do. Oh, but yeah. I had a friend who was on very severe antidepressants. I was mm -hmm. like, what's the what's the side effect? He goes, bro, I can't get hard to save my life. Mm -hmm. Was it Zoloft? That makes you so much more my, depressed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. Well, yeah. One of the one things in life you could just enjoy yeah. is like, nah, sorry, dude. I, I don't know if it's Zoloft. Yeah. I so I, I was on Zoloft and then had the same effect, but like it just killed my sex drive. And mm. like you also just don't feel anything. Like you can have sex, but you just like it's just completely diminished. Oh. And then I and then Zoloft also makes you really hungry. So like you're not having sex and then you're really hungry. So like I gained a bunch of weight, wasn't having sex, and then went to my doctor and was like, okay, like the weight gain is like not a fun side effect. Can we do something? And she's like, yeah, I'll put you on bupropion, a different one. She's like, it actually restores your sex drive and it's an appetite suppressant. Why didn't and we I was do like, this before? why didn't we yeah. do this? Why, why did wasn't you this one A? Yeah. Why did you give me something that made me more depressed? That's how the doctors need to break it down. All right, you want this one that you're never going to want to have sex. Or you want this one that, like, you're not going to want to eat, you're going to want to have sex, but you're going to want to kill yourself 25% of the time. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, Wild. it's all suicides, like, always but the, one But the way they, I don't know about, like, maybe it's, like, a too big of a conversation to have right now, but it's, like, the way they, they talk to you about drugs is so muted and so short. Like, I was giving you shit about, like, you didn't tell me about Zinn, right? But literally, like, I went to the doctor a year and a half ago, November of 2022, just to, because I would I had never been to a doctor to get my blood tested ever in my 30s. And I was like, I have a kid now. I should probably yep. check what's under the hood because yeah. if I die of a heart attack, that's awful. And because I, for the first time in my life, I just I had to think about someone other than me. Yourself. As, as fucked up as and that. Isn't that so ironic that that's when you decided to take yeah, care yeah, of your yeah. health? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, you're like, I have a little, there's a little bit. Like, I was married. It's not for me. No, no, I was married and I had a kid. wife. And I was like, whatever. But then I have a kid. And I was like, oh, I should probably, yeah, I should probably check, right? So he takes my blood and the doctor's like, you're going to fucking die. Like, you're going to, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. You're going to fucking die. So then he starts with, you know, you're a type 2 diabetic. And I'm like, which kind is that? And he's like, you know the kind where you do it to yourself? It's that kind. I was like, cool. So then he's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you on X, Y, and Z. And I was like, what does this medication do? He's like, I don't have time to go through all this with you. He's like, he's like, I don't have to. Do you want to do this or not? And I was like, I want to know what is going on here. Yeah. So there's all that thing. There's this crazy shortage with like Ozempic. And he's like, it doesn't go well. We're going into Ozempic. And I'm reading all this crazy shit. And I was like, what are the options? So like, what are the different things? So we figured out something that works and that's not like an injection or going to fuck up my body or fuck up my brain chemistry. And that's kind of, you have to ask these questions because it, it feels like they don't have time to go through everything. Well, they want you to just do it mm -hmm. and try it, see if it works, come back, try something else. Like the way that that's the way that they operate yeah, in this. Yeah. I mean, they're I guess in this province to, to give you drugs insane. from the it's companies, insane. right? So. Yeah. And they're incentivized to offer you some stuff first. Like I feel yeah. like Zoloft is always the one they offer everyone. Yes. And there's probably a reason for that. There's probably like a Zoloft lobby. That's just like, yeah, this is the first one you offer people. And then yet yeah, you have to ask what, like ask more questions and push. It's so crazy. Like, I work because I worked in private and public and I like learned so much about you have to really, really push. Like I remember one time I was having chest pains and I was like, I want an M like I want an x-ray. And she yeah. was like, I don't think it's necessary. I was like, I want an X. Like you have to literally like yeah, yeah, yeah. you almost have to be like a like a, a Karen or you're going to not mm. get anything not a, done. You'll die of a bladder infection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they won't listen to you. I remember I get getting into a full on fight with a nurse because like I had a UTI and I was like, I, this is not going to go away. Like yeah. I, this you need to give me medication. She's like, no, it'll be fine. Like, yeah, they're just. Yeah.
you have to like fight. My, my father advocate for yourself. My father is in remission from a, a specific kind of cancer that he had in life for like eight years, and then he started different treatments. And now the, the the side effect of those treatments have become progressively worse and scarier. And then when you go into the the hospital, he's having certain side effects that are very troublesome and very worrisome. And we go, hey, we would like you to address these. And they look at him and they do these tests and they go, yeah, we haven't figured out what it is, but we're just going to send him home. And it's happened four or five times until you get a different doctor, a different doctor, and then eventually you get the head of some fucking department yeah. who's, getting, who's pissed off at the fact that something, something yeah. hasn't been done. And then they start calling people. Yeah. So it feels like you have to go through fucking 10, 12 people to get a conversation with one person who can action something. And there's yeah. a lot of frustration. And I hear about, you know, I can't speak in terms of experience, but I hear about it from a lot of my friends who are people of color or women yep. or people who are uh, from totally. marginalized communities, you know, gay, trans, and the people, they get taken less seriously when they have these kind of conversations, which is awful because like even my dad, who's like old straight white guy, is not, they're not taking him seriously. So yeah. what's going to happen when it's somebody else? Like it, it feels like this weird fucking system where it's like healthcare is free, but it's like at what point are we? It's like a gay guy shows up to the hospital, like I broke my arm, like nah, it's eight. Nah, nah, dude, it's what are you? Eight. What are you thinking about? It's yeah, eight. well, the, also the problem, I mean, is because the way the system is, is like they tell you, like just get a family doctor. Once you have a family doctor, you'll be fine. And then people sure. get on these wait lists to see family doctors. But like when you're a GP, you're making an educated guess at best. Mm -hmm. Like you have your patients. Like you're supposed to be kind of just be controlling where they see, but. I always tell people just like right away, go see a specialist. Like don't, if you like, can, if you can like go to your doctor, get a referral to see a specialist, yeah. like use your family doctor to see a specialist because they're the ones that are going to know. Yeah. Use your Karen voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Leibowitz is it? Yeah. Mm. What is that? Irish? Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So yeah. did you have any like, like symptoms of the diabetes that you were just living with? And you like, did you like, I didn't have any really symptoms. I was just, I was just making poor choices every day. And then when they take your blood, there's certain tests, there's certain benchmarks, right? So they take your sugar, obviously, with the blood, and the sugar for a diabetic is whatever number, and my blood was double that number in glucose. So it's like there's the threshold to be a diabetic, which is okay. like, for example, eight. I was like yeah. at 16. Oh, geez. And then they have also a part of your blood test, which shows kind of like the blood flow and how close you are to a heart attack. And it's a scale from one to 100. One is like you're an Olympic-level athlete. You have perfect, you know, respiratory health and and cardiovascular health and then the other is like 100 which is like you're presently having a, a, a cardiac a attack and i was like somewhere in like the 70s or 80s oh god and so like but now where you walk around with like a pep in your step like, you like i feel way better i've lost uh 40 pounds my blood sugar is a quarter of what it was a year and a half ago that number has dropped from 70 to like in the teens somewhere so i've oh, been, I've so been making a lot of changes yeah I've, I've cut every drink i have is now sugar-free uh, I've been cutting a lot of sugar out of my diet. And it's crazy, too, because you start off and you're so fucking strict with yourself about, like, if I have one chocolate, I'm going to fucking die at Christmas or whatever. And then you, like, you just have a little bit and you, and you say, okay, so I had, I had uh, you know, the smallest piece of cake at Christmas and New Year's and all this shit. So that means for the next week, I'm just not going to touch anything and it's going to balance out. Yeah. So it's helped to kind of establish a more healthier lifestyle. And I feel better physically. And I feel like... I've become cognitively like my brain is working better. I feel less foggy. I feel sharper. For sure. I feel for sure. There's all these benefits that people talk about, and you're like, "Yeah, fuck you a little bit. Come on, you feel so much better, and you feel so much smarter and stuff." But it's like once you experienced it, and the fact that I'm chasing, you know, an 18 month baby around, I need that energy. I need that sharpness. I need that, you know, because he's always trying to fucking French kiss a light socket. So I need to be like, <laughs> "No, stop, dive, move," you know. And I always need this fucking freshness because yeah. uh, if not, you know. Did you see any, like, like did it help your anxiety? I've, I definitely felt less stressed. I think I felt less. I think it was good because if you have to address a problem, you need to know where you are. Like, you need to know the starting point and where the adjustments are, or else you can't be effective at setting a goal or moving forward, right? Yeah. So if I know my blood sugar is X and I need it to be X minus 5, I need to know that first number. Yeah. If I'm just flying blind, I'm never going to fucking achieve it. Yeah, there's, like, a radical acceptance in, in knowing. Yeah. But I think that's what everyone avoids, right, is knowing. Yeah, but you got like the, that's the kind of thing. My family is the kind of family that fucking hospitals are evil, and you know, like you know, it's bad. My mom worked in healthcare, and she was like, you know, worked in palliative care and old folks' home and youth protection. And it's like, oh, there's fucking horror stories and shit. Like she used to fucking go and check daycares and stuff where there was abuse cases. And my mom was a fucking badass. Like, well, she was pregnant with me, like kicking down the doors and taking underage strippers off stage and shit. You know, so like there was always this fucking anxiety about like. Well, you go to the hospital, they're going to kill you. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. some, you know, a lot of people in my family have gone into the hospital and never come out. Yeah. 
you know, so there's all this anxiety, right? So it's like, I think in, in terms of just like taking care of myself and making positive changes, it's always a good place to be. And then, you know, you can always appreciate when you make a positive change and you start to feel better. And then people go, hey, you lost weight or hey, you look good or whatever, whatever. And it all kind of compiles and you're like, oh, okay, I, I can keep doing this. Mm-hmm. A slow, steady, kind of consistent effort as opposed to just like, I'm losing 20 pounds in the next four minutes or whatever the case is, you know? So for me, that's been a big part of it. And I, I, I've been enjoying where it's ending up so far. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You like really reversed it, it sounds, from like 70 to teens. That sounds like it was a scary day. Yeah, that was a shitty day. That was a shitty day where I had to make a lot of fucking peace with myself about like, hey, this is these are the consequences of my actions. Yeah, there's like a lot of forgiveness, I'm sure. You have to like forgive yourselves sure. in order to move on. Yeah, but you can't just dwell on the fuck like, you know, like, hey, you know, if you if you worked a morning shift and you had three energy drinks a day for a couple months, oh this is what happens. Yeah. I, I never drank coffee. So for me, it's, it was energy drinks. Oh, wow. Mm. Fucking so much caffeine and sugar. One of those energy drinks, the full sugar ones, is like 40 grams of sugar. It's like a chocolate bar. So you have three a day, and then they go, hey, your blood sugar is out of control. And you go, well, how did this happen? I know how it happened. It was me. Yeah. Hi, it's, I'm the problem. It's me. Like, I'm straight <laughs> Is it up, me? You know, it's you. Is it me? Um, you know, so for me, I knew that was the issue. So in terms of like acceptance or forgiveness, it was never a case of like, who's to blame? It's me. I'm the fucking culprit. Mm-hmm. You take off the Scooby-Doo mask. It's my fucking face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like I can go around blaming people or being mad. It's all the choices I made in my adult life. So now I'm the one who has to correct it for myself, for my family, for my health, for the future. Like that's on me, you know? So it's just a part of owning it and then not being, too ambitious but then also like on the other side you could have just continued until like you lost a foot and then like yep. got money from the government true and just spent like so oh, much time at nice. home with oh, the kids and up. everything fuck. not need to work i did fuck you know up. like oh, i think shit look there's pros and cons to everything could have been a stay-at-home dad you know how there's like toxic positivity sometimes yes. when i talk to you you're like toxic negativity <laughs> you're like or you could you know do this other thing it's amazing <laughs> be on csst your whole life yeah awesome, <laughs> The Italian dream, okay? I feel like you never go to the doctor. Get on the CSST doctor? and work cash. You're going to live a good life. I'm never going to what? I, oh, I feel like you don't go to the doctor often. But you have I, doctors in your family, right? So um, I don't um, just because it's that's it. You got to go to the doctor. You got to see the specialist. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to do that. They don't do anything until you get to the 17th person. Um, I also want to die. So it's just kind of like let it happen, you know? Um, True Gen Z. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Some uh, people will hear news like that and be like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I'm fucked anyway." For sure, yeah, you know? no, for sure. Yeah, um, but, but that's I'm like a regret. lack of accountability. I always regret everything in my life. In 20 years, I'm gonna look back. You always like, regret everything in your life. Well, I just I, I feel I like commit, that's a lot to unpack. I commit. How much to, more time do we got? This is gonna be a long one. <laughs> I just I commit to making bad decisions, like consciously, and uh, regret it. There's obviously a lot that I don't regret, and a lot of great things, you know, that I'm happy with. But uh, so many times, like my whole life, since I'm a kid, I'm like. If I could just go back to five. I was like 11 mm. being like, if I could go back to five, I could take over. Mad early. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, You're reading all those Facebook posts. If you could go back to this age with all the yeah. knowledge you have now, and, <laughs> and invest in Apple, bro. And it's, buy it's, crypto. It's a big thing for me that like, I like really like cared about stuff. And Matt was telling me that it's kind of like an OCD thing that like, you really want to do it all. And the second you don't complete it, you give up on everything. Oh. And for me, like, school was, like, I was really good You were good, everything. yeah. You didn't have to work hard either. At all. Yeah, here we go. And then my either. mom brought it's me... It's the talented... Late. What's it called? The talented child syndrome? You yeah, like, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gifted child syndrome. Gifted child. Yeah. So we were doing our multiplication uh, test in second grade, and it was every Wednesday, right away when you start class. And it was, like, a competition in the class to see who could get to the highest number, like, the fastest. And my mom was a degenerate who would just bring me late to school every day. And it's like this teacher is now punishing me and not letting me do the test. So then I got held back one level because I didn't do that level and pass mm-hmm, the next mm-hmm. one. I gave up on everything forever. At what, six <laughs> years old? <laughs> uh, in second eight, grade. Second oh, grade. Okay. I was like, oh, I wish you go wanted, back to like You wanted 18. like a perfect yeah. record. Really? No, it was, there was no point. I can't yeah. be the best. Why would I try? And That's then until uh, ninth grade when I started smoking weed, I was like, oh, maybe I could do school. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could do school. <laughs> they put you back in grade two. You're an adult with a full beard. <laughs> give me that multiple cases, same teacher. Yeah, yeah. Give me that multiplication I, test, bro. I'm here on time now. What? <laughs> you and me. Let's go. Bro, it would change my life. But if I could go back, I, I don't know. There's many things that I want, but I think if I could have my brain now, I would commit to maybe even going back to five to start from the beginning. What age would you guys go back to if you could? Or would you just Ooh. never go back? Wait, wait, wait. What's the question for, for clarity? Am so I going, going back, back with the knowledge I have now? Everything you know now. Everything you know oh, now. Oh, shit. That's interesting. 
How would you even deal with that? Because I think about this all the time. For but sure. How would yeah. you deal with that? Like for me, you it would buy probably an almanac be like, from 1950 to 2000, and then you, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you rake it in. You start a casino, obviously. Because like, how would you deal? Like, I don't know. Let's say it's like 11. How would you deal with that information? I don't know how for you sure. would process that as an 11 year old. I know? do believe that like you need a specific plan if you're gonna do it, and it can't be too grand. Because if we're able to do it, <laughs> there's going to be others. <laughs> you can't paint yourself out. If you just go back and buy Bitcoin at one cent and you get $10 billion, they're going to kill you. They're like, we know you did it. Like that movie, uh, I don't remember what it is, Jumper. This is great because you. this is uh, this is not the first time you've thought about no. this. This is, this is years of planning. And you're like, this is my moment to fucking un unleash this on people. There's yeah. so many. There's one moment I really could just go back to after my bar mitzvah in the living room. <laughs> in the living room with my grandparents and my father counting the checks and the money. And then getting to the, and being Apple. like, hey, I need this much money from this to do whatever. And convince yeah. them. And then just put it in Bitcoin. But then that's where like, they're going to get me. They're going to kill, you know what I mean? They're going to kill me because they're like, you can't do that. Yeah. So I think I would just go back and maybe one dream is to go back and like start doing stand up earlier. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would love that. I you would know? do stand up earlier. 16. Yeah. 16. Oh, yeah. yeah. I started at 26. and I, brought, I started at 26 also. It took me so long to start. I think Wasim and I have had this conversation, but mm -hmm. it's like I, I, I between 13 and like 25, I just came up with reasons why I shouldn't. Yeah. Me too. And then I got on stage and I was like, oh, this is the bet. I want to do this forever. Exactly. Yeah. I wrote my first stand-up set when I was 19. Nice. And I just lived in my on my computer. Yep. And no yeah, one saw it. I wrote very, very early. I used to go to the works all the time. Oh, shit. And I had like a notebook and and, st and whatever. But it's like also at the same time, I don't completely regret not starting much earlier because mm -hmm. I was like, I was much more uh, uh, weak, I guess, like mentally. Yeah, and I think um, had I like gone and just bombed a few times, like at the, I I called the comedy works when I was like eighteen to do the open mic, and like it was just like an angry. I don't know if it was Jimbo himself or whoever <laughs> ran it. But it was like hello, and I panicked and I just hung Amazing. up the phone. Had I gone and bombed, and all these older you know comics been like ah kid, get that get out of here. Yeah. I probably would have crumbled and like oh, it's not for me. I'm never doing this again. True, it did suck because yeah, I went in fucking. Just because for me, I got in because of podcasts and everyone saying they sucked when they started, and it kind of clicked. Right. Like, oh, I can't. Yeah, I think suck. it helped a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was I was too willing to suck, and I was too willing to just do yeah. shit that was just to try and figure out whatever. And people fucking hated me, man. You were always so nice to me. You were always so nice to me. But a lot of people they oh, were just it was, it was a, yeah, it was a thin <laughs> veil. It was a thin veil. You should have heard the things we were saying. Oh no, I'm sure. <laughs> and the things we continue to say about you <laughs> to this day, the group chat, you would, I would get us arrested. Keep me honest. Yeah. <laughs> But I think there's a certain amount of insight you get as someone who's a little bit older in your life where you have, you know, a 19-year-old, what are they going to talk about? That dick yeah. pussy porn cockweed. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, all right. But then someone who's lived a life, has experienced loss and tragedy and hardship, and, you know, we talked about vulnerability before. There's something that is is kind of more real about that, kind of more fully formed, right? So when someone comes up, and of course, they're going to talk about my family. I look like this. I sound like this. This is something that I've gone through. But if you approach it from a place where it's like, I've experienced these things and maybe we can relate even though, you know, we're different backgrounds or we're different ethnicities or sexual orientations or genders or whatever. But there's maybe some through lines that we can tap into because we have experienced these kind of things together. So For I think sure. there's definitely a maturity that it takes to do stand up. And that's why people talk about it takes 10 years to get good or it takes yeah. 10 years to, For sure. you know, because you need to find your voice, how you sound, the message you're trying to put out. I think all of that takes a lot of time. So, yeah. No, it would have been nice to start at 16, though. That would have been it would have been so good. But yeah, I don't think I would have been able to do it. I don't think I would have been able to do it. I just don't yeah. think I would have had the self confidence. Okay, so, to yeah, do so it. all of you guys, where would you go back to? What age? Oh. What would you do? Why? I would go back to 18. Because okay. 18 at least, like, I think having the thoughts of a 35-year-old and a 13-year-old's body is probably, <laughs> like, would probably tear me apart. It would be Fair, weird, yeah. right? So I think at 18, I could still do, like, adult things, and I could still make adult decisions. Uh, I could probably, you know, get ahead of my health way earlier, which would put me in a great spot, and then obviously put all my money in the right places, you know, already be mature enough to have, like, tough relationships and interesting relationships with people, so I understand how people work better now. Uh, so I think that would probably put me ahead of the game. And then, you know, when I'm sitting on my golden throne, all my crypto money, just uh, treat all the peasants well, I guess. <laughs> and then at that point, you're loaded. You you have all your money. Yeah. Are you still gonna do stand up? Oh, for sure. Okay. I think I think there's I think I'm I'm probably cursed to always do stand up. Which is yep. Love to hear. Yeah. Unfortunately. I don't know what age I would go back to. I don't know. You said eleven. 
No. No, he said five. after his bar mitzvah. Oh, you would go oh, five. No, after five. bar mitzvah, I think I'd get like fucking killed. Um, cause like you can slow play it too. You don't have to put all your money in crypto immediately. You're right, mm. but I have self control issues. Why That's would fair. I? You know what I mean? Why would yeah. I not max out? Um, I think that like maybe going after the Bitcoin on the second wave is a smart. Ah, uh, there we go. You know, you can just put wave, something in Apple, just like Facebook. a Microsoft before yeah. it was cheap, or you know something. You know exactly, but you know when to cash out. That's perfect, right? That's true. You know, like when when fucking GameStop hits the peak in the pandemic, and you're like, no, I'm gonna pull out here, and 800 million people are doing it. You're like, oh, it doesn't look so suspicious. 100. percent So this is you know this. But, is but then there's also the butterfly you? effect. Well, I think well, yeah, Josh that's is talking a different about other. That's but it's, it's part of it. You have to consider all. Well, of this. that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what decision did I make when I was younger? Like that, like changed. Like what would have? What would be the consequences of that? Mm. And I you never know. It could literally be a random found. person on the street that you look at weird that changes their day that then goes and makes a decision that affects someone. Else. Like the butterfly effect is just so like it's crazy. That like anything you do, if you go and you invest at the wrong time and it goes up by a certain amount, maybe then it never reaches where mm -hmm. it was supposed to reach. I don't know. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. so you're impacting with your investment. Exactly. So it doesn't perform the same way you're anticipating it with your knowledge. That's Actually, interesting. Our society would have been Tumblr-based instead of Facebook. You never yeah. Know. Oh, you know, my God. You invested Facebook, Tumblr blows up. Oh, you kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you went back just to fucking end it all. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I always thought I should have been sluttier in high school. That was same. like a regret I it's had. Same. Isn't that like, for me, I'm like, man, I could have fucked so early. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, like it's I, true. I, I didn't mean anything. I was talking the other day to my brother. Mm -hmm. When I was like in grade six, I remember uh, I, I went to like a party and there was like older girls and they're like, we want to give you a blow, multiple. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. And uh, and they were like, you know what that is? And I was like, yeah. And I literally thought it was like a wet willy. I was like such, I was, you know, but I hit puberty when I was like, Six. Fucking Arab shit. Full yeah. beard, you yeah. know? I also yeah. had a full beard at 12. It's such a stupid thing to think back because it's like, would that have made me a better no. kid if I was like 12, 13, like, like fucking yeah. all the time? Just, yeah, just like you walk into class, be like, all you fucking nerds. Fuck you. I'm getting but laid. But that, that is kind of a I got, kind I of got what I would do. Cool. I got my brain kind of warped for a few years because seventh grade, first day of school, get a note from the girl in front of me because I had a, like an Italy bracelet on. Yeah. Like, starts with, are you Italian? I respond like half Jewish. Jewish too. For second question, she asked, "Oh, three so percent Irish." Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, "So are you circumcised?" And now I'm freaking out. I'm like, "She's asking about my penis. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is this what high school Where is?" Where are these girls? And she was just, <laughs> she was just a hypersexualized person. Yeah, right. right. You know, so she was just trying to, and it just. She ended up like I was texting her one night, and she sent me pictures of her boobs. I shouldn't admit to that, but I deleted them. Like, you know what Whatever, I mean? you were a child too. I was a child, but it's still illegal. It's still like, yeah, it's still, sure, child like it's still exactly. Yeah. Her taking that, the dude, pictures and sending them too, it's all Her illegal. sending it is thank, actually thank, the greatest thankfully, one. Thankfully, yeah, thankfully right. I didn't have a phone until I graduated high school. Uh, I'm a generation just above. I didn't have a phone yeah. until I moved to Korea, which, which is, that's, that was nuts. Uh, that's because I was a fucking weird stoner and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a spiritual. Off the grid. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I got a phone when I was, a smartphone when I was 23 for the first time. I didn't. I think I had a flip phone when I was like 21, the first time ever. My first phone was, I think, grade seven. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, grade seven. Yeah. But it was grade like, seven, I, it was flip phone and then it went into like Blackberry. Yeah. Like right. I was like in the BBM age. Right, right, that was right. like grade mm -hmm. 10 was BBM. Because if I was, if I was in high school with cell phones, I would have lost my mind. Oh, yeah. Like, I, think yeah. I'm thankful. I mean, I didn't have a smartphone, so I mm -hmm. feel the same way. If I had a smartphone in high school, I would, I don't, like, I feel like that would have changed a lot of stuff but i just had wild. like a flip phone and blackberry so our bomb the first like time you get left on red was on blackberry i had a phone but i was grounded so often that i lost the phone so all your much. bad grades because you kept failing multiple cases. no everything i was grounded so much but it was crazy i literally like i said earlier like i think like i am someone who could make it through seven days of solitary confinement because like i was solitary confined <laughs> so often um, i'm really good at just like disconnecting if i gotta stay somewhere for a while <laughs> all that grounding yeah, that <laughs> straight up disassociation so we all would have fucked the words, is that what we were saying I, yeah. mean, but I, but I think that's the obvious answer right like, it is. Obvious, it's like you know what I mean because it's, it's something that like at the time when you were a teenager, yeah. like had so much so social horny too. Yeah. And you're no, like, I could have been. You're so horny. Everyone's yeah. pretty clean because no yes. one's really yeah. fucking. So and then it's like, yeah, and then everything's fun and like you still believe in love and romance. Well, I lost my virginity no. super early. So for me, it was like it was like I was like one of the first guys amongst my my friend group to, to lose my virginity, and there was like people would come to me for like advice, like I was a fucking sage. Wizard. How was your first mm. time? 
weird. It was awful. It's always weird. It's always weird. Yeah. It can't be good. You know what made it weird is the fact that my mother and her mother were friends. And we went to, her parents were separate, so we went to her father's place. And she was like, don't tell anyone. I was like, obviously not. She's like, I'm not going to tell anyone. Great. So I had like a long metro ride home, and she was like around the corner. So she got home. She told her mom oh, God. immediately like that. Wow. And then her mom called my mom oh. while, I, while, I'm on, while, while I'm on the metro ride home. Oh God. So I am on the metro ride home just like. Feeling amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. Feeling like I'm like fucking Ric Flair oh coming my out. God, Woo! Yeah. I'm, I'm like fucking winking at strangers. I'm <laughs> yeah. holding the door open. For you feel rods. different. You yeah, feel yeah. different. Walking around my chest. I look like Conor yeah. McGregor after a <laughs> right, fucking. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I feel like a million bucks. And then I open the I swing the door open, and my mom is just beaming with this huge smile. My mom was a sex educator for kids um. with special needs. So we already had this conversation super early. Like she was, you know what I mean? Super open. It's like the opposite of a family who doesn't talk about it, just talk about it too much. Right. So I walked out, I swing the door open, and my dad and my mom are just sitting there. My mom's like, so how was sex? And I just felt all the Oh, God. Did, did you make collapse? I just felt like, oh, yeah. body collapse. I was like, no. That's that's terrible. Awful. The oh, worst, my God. You, how old like were you, 15? I was 13. Oh, okay. 13. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 17, and I was pretty late <laughs> at my school anyway. Right. <laughs> But I only did it to be honest. Some I think of your about the other day. Some of the classmates had two kids already. They're yeah, really I only right. did it. I think about this now. I'm like, I only did it for the, like for the girls. Like I did. I had sex <laughs> so that I could on my way home group chat my friends, being Woo! like, "We, I had sex." Like that was like, I kid you not. Like when I, the first time I had sex, fin- like it finished, and like I was still naked. He went in another room, and I pulled out my phone and texted. My oh my god! Just <laughs> celebratory, <laughs> like right away. Just champagne uncorking yeah, emoji. Literally, like, literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Okay, well that's all the time we have today. Thank you guys for being here. This yeah. is really fun. Thank you for having me. I learned so much about your Irish heritage. Yes, you did. Yeah, yes, great. it was awesome. I'm very um, proud of you. We will see you all next week, and thanks for joining. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.